Coming up on today's show, we're going to recap all of the Resident Evil news. Plus, we've got an update on what's going on with Dead by Daylight and Brittany and Steimer have been playing Hitman 3. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. <laughs> Nailed it. Ladies, I am so glad that this tradition exists. Whether it's your first episode or your 218th episode, we're glad that you are here. We've got a lot of news to get to. So let's just jump in and say thank you to January's Patreon producers, Flying Cosmo, Californicated, Chewy's Godson, Justin Foshi, Punctified, Ferris TM, Mohammed Mohammed, Marcus Brown, and Alex Rogopoulos. And welcome to our Patreon community, Victor Hensley, Bingo Bandit, Bernicia Cunningham, Alicia Acker, Tim Oligas. Alias, Robert Groom. Welcome one, welcome all to patreon.com slash what's good games where you can be part of the show by submitting your questions every week or submitting your ideas for our Patreon produced segment, which is happening later on in the show. You can also get the show ad free. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think about that as an option? Love it's, it. It's a nice thing. It's a nice mm-hmm. thing you can get. And Brittany, it looks like we have a couple new podcast reviewers. We do. We have Marquinator and Lando Calories, dollar sign, said, I turned the sled to 0.5x last week in the podcast, and it was hilarious. So if you haven't tried this, ladies and gentlemen, turn the speed down on our show. Half the time we are drunk, but half the time we're actually not drunk. <laughs> It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. I couldn't stop myself from laugh- laughing the the one time that I did it. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's real. It's real hilarious. It's a good time <laughs> if you want a good time. Like I said, when we're sober, you want to hear us drunk. There you go. But yeah, thank you again for all the fun podcast reviews. We read them every week. We appreciate them. They make us feel warm and fuzzy, and they help us out a lot. Thank yeah. You. Yes. All right. In case you missed it, on Thursday, just yesterday, after we published the podcast. Brittany and I hosted a watch-along for the Resident Evil Showcase that one Brittany Brombacher also hosted. Want to give you major props. I thought you did a fantastic job, and I thought the showcase was awesome. Thank you. It was super fun. It was quite the honor, and it still doesn't feel super real that it happened, but I had a lovely time doing it. I appreciate all of the love and good, warm thoughts that were sent my way today. It made me feel appreciated and loved so thank you all to everybody and i hope you enjoy the showcase it was i think seven about 17 minutes when all was said and done which was actually a little shorter than i thought it would be but i still think we got some good info within said showcase oh yeah there was a ton of info in fact let's just go ahead and get right to it shall we that is our first story that we're going to be chatting about today so 
Brittany, I'm just going to let you take it away. Oh, yeah, girl. You got lots of B-roll to click on YouTube.com. I sure do. What's good games? All right. So Capcom's first Resident Evil showcase of 2021 covered a slew of upcoming projects in the long-running franchise, from the next major installment with Resident Evil Village to a new multiplayer experience in one of the upcoming RE films. One of the biggest announcements of the showcase, Capcom confirmed Resident Evil Village will be coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, PC, PS4, and Xbox One on May 7th, 2021. The PS4 version can be upgraded for free to the digital PS5 version, and Village also features Xbox Smart Delivery. Additionally, there will be a demo later this spring for all platforms, but PS5 owners can get exclusive access to the new Maiden demo as of today, which is Thursday, the day we are recording this. So yeah, we're going to be talking about that in hands-on because Andrea and I already uh, played that, and it was a spooky good time. So Capcom centered much of the showcase around a new look at Resident Evil Village, aka Resident Evil 8's gameplay. First-person combat returns as players once again take on the role of Ethan Winters, but Capcom has introduced new melee elements like blocking encounters to the mix. So I want to pause right here and talk a little bit about what we saw during that trailer. So if you want to keep that yeah. trailer rolling, baby girl, I can kind of like... Talk, talk okay, to you our, got it. Talk to our friends about what we're seeing here. Okay, so we saw the new trailer, which is about three minutes long, which features some new information. And then we also got a gameplay demo as well, which is actually pretty fun. So some of the main things to pick up on here is like everyone's trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Ethan and Mia. And why is Chris here stealing their, now we know is their baby daughter, <clears throat> which I think her name is Rose. Because if you look at one of these stills during the um, gameplay demo, you see the mission objective is to rescue Rose from the castle and Pete Fabiano producer of the series does say that that Ethan does need to go to the castle to rescue his daughter so why does Ethan and why is Chris and why is Mia what's going on here and we didn't get too much new information from these trailers and gameplay but what's interesting yeah right there look at taking little baby Rose to the castle Chris what are you doing um that if you play the maiden demo and so I'm going to spoil like the short 20 minute demo because to talk about what we're going to see here you, you learn that there's some sort of ceremony going on. And if you continue playing the demo, you pick up all the documents, you see that there is going, there's a list of rejects and a list of potential candidate, candidates. That's the word I'm looking for. All women names. And then you also learn that there's a special, a special wine that's created somewhere within this castle that is made with maiden's blood, which is kept in a very special, like, ornate goblet or a glass with silver flowers on it. So if you kind of, like, piece the things together, what the, you can kind of start to put together what could be happening with Rose here. But that's just, like, my deep dive, like, conspiracy theory. Some of the other interesting things that we saw is if you're looking right now, you see this Van Helsing looking guy. We don't know what his role is, but clearly he's testing Ethan in some way, shape, or form. You see Ethan fighting off these weird zombies with pointy teeth and sharp claws when they carry weapons. I have no idea what that's all about. Andrea loved them. She was very excited by them. Um, I don't know if love <laughs> is the word that I would have used to describe my relationship with them. Um, but they are definitely interesting characters that... Um, I ran away from when I encountered them in the demo, so. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. They made really scary noises. Well, I only encountered the vampire. I didn't encounter these weird, like, zombie dudes. Well, I technically did not either. There is a thing that I don't want to give away that you can kind of, I mean, like, I can't really even describe it without giving part of it away. And I didn't pull any B-roll from the demo because I wanted people to be able to experience it. 
on their own. I thought about capturing it and using it during this discussion. And then I was like, well, that would kind of give it away if people want to go play. Uh, as you know, if you're a Resident Evil fan, so much of it is atmospheric. You know, oh. you should just experience it all in its glory. You should. Are okay. vampires normal in Resident Evil or is this like a new thing? This is like a new thing. They're definitely okay. going a new route with the vampire ladies and the werewolves and whatnot. It's definitely kind yeah, of... I mean, like, when, when when the trailer was going through a lot of the, the scenes, I was just like, this feels very Castlevania to me. Or like, Yeah, that's a really gothic, good way. Which yes. is cool. Um, yeah. I do think the set pieces were really neat. Oh, it's beautiful. It's definitely not not the type of game for me. But no. All, but, you know, no, it's beautiful, tense. Beautiful job, guys. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I think watching just the um, gameplay trailer and the, uh, tra- the new trailer itself stunning just watching it but when you actually go in to play the maiden demo you're like oh my god it's real it actually looks this pretty it is beautiful Steimer, you would be happy because i know you know you know people manipulate screenshots i appreciate good lighting i appreciate you know nicely rendered sets i'm gonna try to pull up that gameplay trailer now okay there should be a link in the show notes oh because i pulled up all the links it's b-roll gameplay but anywho um some of the other interesting things that i noticed is in the beginning of the trailer, Ethan asks, Ethan says to Mia, hey, now think positively, positively, we've talked about this. And Mia says, I know we hardly talk about anything else. And you can see the crib in the background and the daughter, but that oddly there's a mirror that's hung up on the side of the side of the house and it's covered by a blanket. Like everything else in the house looks totally normal. Now, Steimer, you want to just cover a mirror for no reason. Not unless unless you are a vampire. Okay. Or unless you don't want to look at your face. Right. Oh, I guess they're that. Because sure. I'm Why wondering. You just take the mirror off the wall then. I mean, yeah, see, that would make the most sense, but then that's not going to foreshadowing, right? <laughs> like, you don't, you, don't, you don't need to have Simon, a mirror. In your you house. can't bring your logic into a video game space. Come There's, on. Yeah, and come on, Cyber. Stop, stop being so smart. But I'm wondering if Mia is still struggling with what she did in Resident Evil 7, which is why maybe she can't stand to look at herself in the face. I don't know. I'm just like going down these like bonker ass conspiracy theories. But um, we did get a look at the exterior of the castle, too. And, I mean, it looks huge. Just from, like, what we've seen from the trailers, like, it's hard to tell, obviously, how big this thing is going to be. But looking at the outside of it, I mean, like, I think this could easily be, like, a 13 to 15-hour game, which I think would be lovely. Because if you look at RE2 and RE3, those are obviously shorter. Oh, they see right there. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it looks massive. It looks huge. Gets me hot and bothered. Not to mention, there's currency in this game, and we get to see a brief glimpse of him later on. His name is the Duke, and he is the merchant. And with the merchant, you can buy, here I have it down, supplies like your ammo, your first aid. You can buy grenades, extra baggage to increase your inventory space, and recipes for crafting. There's a gunsmithy that he also like has a gunsmithy apparently. I don't know. You, you talk That's to amazing. him. I, I do love like suspension of disbelief on things like yeah. that where it's like, here's this horrifying castle in the middle of nowhere. And someone's like, hello, would you like to buy a grenade? I've got That's, a grenade for you. Also, let me fix that weapon up for you. It felt very Devil May Cry. That's like the mm, first ooh, cool. thing I that Devil I May thought Cry. of when I saw that gunsmith. I was like, this feels like the gunsmiths that you get in Devil May Cry, like they're just like randomly there with their like shop of stuff. Yeah. Um, And obviously, you know, that's another Capcom property. So maybe they took a little inspiration from that franchise and said, hey, like, 
Let's just do it because you're already suspending the disbelief in Resident Evil anyway. Totally. Yeah, interesting because Resident Evil 4 has a merchant, but he's not as bonkers as the Duke is. I mean, once you see him, you'll know what we're talking about. He's just comically like this crazy, like very, very large, large man. And you can tell he has his like belly hanging out and everything. So you can tell he was definitely there with a weird quirk. But that's what Capcom does is they have their own special quirk and that's just a, a piece of it. And Ow. then he also will up. Yeah, she's mean. Um. Yeah, so looking at these vampire ladies as well. So we know you have Lady D, and then you have, like, these vampire women. And I don't quite know exactly what the role is going to be other than to stab Ethan in the leg. But they're all very hot. I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, damn. Like, those are some nice-looking vampires. Ethan, maybe. I mean, be a bad mostly, thing. I, I know everyone's talking about her bosom. But, like, her hat. Her yeah. hat is epic. <laughs> like, like, where do you great. think she found a hat that big? Like, how did she get it to fit her head? I mean, she probably was just alive during the time period when that was in fashion. She's or, like, no, but I mean, her head must be huge. Custom made, maybe. Yeah, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they live in a massive house, so they clearly had the money to pay someone to be like, fit it to my giant head, please. Excuse me, ma'am. Where did you get your hat? Um, some other interesting tidbits that we saw <laughs> Is there was... a big and tall store around here somewhere <laughs> that I could get a hat at? The inventory system, which looks very Resident Evil 4 in the sense that you have to kind of Tetris your items to make them fit. You can't just like stick them in there and <laughs> hope for the best. That is what she said. And again, we mentioned crafting earlier and now crafting is sort of kind of in the other games, but in the sense that you take, uh, yeah, like you can add a green herb and a red herb and you get like an epic herb. But in this one, it looks like you can add things together like an herb and chemicals and get a first aid kit. Or maybe you can craft special ammo on the spot. I'm not entirely sure how in-depth that's going to be, but it's not entirely new to the series. But it is new to, I guess, this inventory management. And maybe that's what they're trying to push. But other than that, though, they promise lots of puzzles. Oh, there's the Duke right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at him. Look at the big boy. It's Augustus Galoop. That's exactly it, Simon. Yes. That's it. Yeah, he does. He does have Augustus vibes. <laughs> Yeah, um, they promise again lots of puzzles and there's a bunch of side objectives and whatever. But anyway, like with all of this, I again think it's going to be a much larger game than what we're used to. And I think that's awesome. It looks real good. It looks pretty. Yeah, I mean, if this wasn't, a, you know, a spooky game, <laughs> I yeah. think it's very stylistically cool. Like, I think I think they did a nice job with all of that. And even, even when they're walking down the halls and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is neat. They've oh. used a lot of gold. It's very like, Look, I'm not the best with, with architecture and history, so don't come at me. But like, reminds me of you know, like Versailles or one of those old palaces mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. has a lot of gold leafing around through it. Obviously, the style of the furniture. Yeah, um, the art direction in this game is phenomenal from what I've seen so far. And I think is that a goat? <laughs> yeah, it's a collectible. It it's like the Mister Everywhere is an RE2 and the Raccoon Dudes an RE3. They're just little things that you walk into a room and you shoot. It's like a little ah, fun okay. side thing, yeah. I just thought, it, I was like, first of all, I can't tell if it's a, supposed to be a toy, toy goat or a, a real goat, but it sounds like it's just like a tchotchke thing in the game. Yeah, it's like a collectible. Got mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, ow, wait, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Something just came out of your hand. And sure did. Demo up. Look at this. Yeah, and now you have what one of the vampire a, ladies. A vampira? They have, instead of bats, are they gnats? I don't it's know what they are. It's hard to tell. They're definitely some kind of flying <clears> insect. <throat> but, yeah, they're not... They're not great. They're not great. <laughs> I don't think I, you know, it would kind of suck because like you think about all these really cool, sexy things about vampires and like, oh yeah, you could turn it to a bat. Like that sounds kind of neat. But then instead it was really just like a swarm of bugs. I feel like I would be disappointed. 
if I was I a mean, vampire and then I was like, wait, but I got to turn into a bunch of gnats and fly around. Like, what? That's not cool. They're definitely more <laughs> robust than gnats. They look they like are large. More, they are more robust They look than like gnats. large moths, if but anything. Like, that's still not a thing. I, I, I want to be a bat. Okay, well, I mean, this is the world of Resident Evil. They probably didn't want to go full vampire trope. And so... That's true. They were like, what do bats eat? Well, (laughs) you could be what the bats eat. Congratulations. Maybe that's just a flock of, like, little mini bats. It's like tiny miniatures. little baby bats. See, that'd be cute. That would be adorable. That would be cute. I wouldn't mind a baby bat, like, spurting out of my hand. Actually, yes, I would mind that. Never mind. I'd be like, oh, hello. Yeah. (laughs) This time we'd be like, hello, animal friend. I've always wanted an animal friend. Oh, hello, it flies away. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Just oh Disney my God. princessing at it as it explodes out of your palm. But yeah, a lot to dive into there with all the gameplay and new trailers, but I uh, need to t- probably take the next six hours and deep dive into all of it, which I probably will do after we do the show. But for now, I think that covers kind of the biggest takeaways. The next thing is that they announced, which is Resident Evil RE-verse. I don't know if they're calling it Reverse or RE-verse, whatever floats their boat. But it's a competitive multiplayer mode where up to four players will play as one of several iconic Resident Evil characters. While the full roster hasn't been revealed, the trailer shows protagonists like Chris Red Field, Jill Valentine, Leon Kennedy, Claire Valentine, and Claire Valentine? No, no, no. Claire Redfield. It's fine. Like, I won't judge you. I won't judge you, IGN. That's not her last name, though. As well as enemies like Nemesis and even Jack from Resident Evil 7. So this is a, yeah, again, free mode if you pre-order Resident Evil Village. And it looks like it's just kind of like a six-person death match. I'm I thought they also out- said it's, sorry to interrupt, no, but I thought no, they no. said it's free if you own... If you oh. own Resident Evil Village, included, it says yeah, it's included. With it's the included. Price. Yeah, you're right. The the art style on it is it is it comic booky? Because like, yeah, trailer, it is kind of it kind of looked like there was a, some sort of a filter over it. Yeah, yeah, so, it did, definitely had more of like a cell shaded vibe. Yeah, happening. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they they had Resident Evil. Oh God, what was it called in Resident Evil Three? Was it Resistance, the four v one, where you have like the mastermind to play against the other uh, folks? So they're trying to dabble in some online stuff, and like, and that's cool. Personally, like this doesn't do a lot for me. I don't really see myself hopping in here and playing this. But again, like this kind of game isn't my thing anyway. But I think it's just more of a nod to the fans. Like, hey, it's our twenty fifth anniversary. Here's like a fun free thing to go enjoy. So maybe that's your thing. So good for you. Proud of you. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we got a collaboration with Ubisoft. So Ubisoft made a surprise cameo on the Resident Evil stream with the Division 2 developer Massive confirming a crossover event that will bring Resident Evil themed earnable items to the Ubisoft shooter for a limited time. Players just have to log into the event from February 2nd to the 15th to earn the Leon Kennedy RPD outfits. What could be more romantic than a Resident Evil event over Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, you know, if you're stuck at home playing video games with your boo, sounds like a fun night to me. I was super excited about this. Obviously, you guys know I'm a big fan of The Division 2. Spent over 100 hours in the game. Absolutely loved it. Have been looking for a reason to go back and play a lot of the DLC that has been released by Massive over the last six to nine months. And so I'm excited that they are... Um, doing this. I don't know why they're doing this, but Capcom has done a lot of crossovers in the past that are just whimsical and kind of just seem like they're for funsies. So, I mean, I think about how they put Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn in Monster Hunter World. And oh, it's yeah. Like, why, why did they do that? Who cares? It was fun. It's literally probably just somebody at the dev team being like, 
I like this other property. I have a friend. Do you want to do a thing? Okay, let's do a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and clearly Capcom as a publisher seems to be really good at negotiating those deals because typically you don't get these big publishers working together that often. Yeah. And obviously they do because they must make it, you know, really favorable for other developers to yeah to work with them. Good so, for them. Yeah. I good think cool. job. And finally, friends. That sounded sarcastic, but I know it wasn't. I, well, I mean, it, yeah. I just really don't. Again, I don't really care about this. I still think it's cool, but it's like, cool. It's not going to make me hop back into the division. Sorry, Andrea. I it's know you had hopes. That makes sense. It's I know you had hopes I'd play with you, but you, you know better. All right. So Resident Evil has long extended beyond games, and there are plenty other projects in the pipeline. Capcom teased one more during the showcase, the previously announced Netflix animated movie, Infinite Darkness. Not much is known, but we did get to see some footage of the film. Look at Leon's hair which is set to hit the streaming service in 2021. Also, they're working on that Resident Evil TV series with Netflix, which stars Albert Wesker and his two children. And they also have the Resident Evil reboot movie that's coming out. So there's a lot of Resident Evil, Resident Evilness brewing, if you will. And I think I'm the most excited so far for this one. I just like the CG take on things. Look at oh, look, look at it's it. It's our own sexy vampire lady. It's me. I'm your gothic bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to. I had to. I had to do it, oh, Britt. I had to do it. No, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, other than that, that was the showcase. And I think, you know, for their first, like, Resident Evil showcase, I think they did a good job. I think they got people really hyped for Resident Evil Village. And I think at the end of the day, that was more or less the main goal of it. So... Yeah, I love it. I feel like it's, you know, taking a page from what Nintendo does with their directs on a single game and saying, hey, we want to give like a deep dive. I'm so glad more publishers are doing this style of thing. I know that there was a lot of people on the Internet that were very upset that there wasn't a Resident Evil collection announced for next gen. And that there wasn't a bazillion other line item requests that fans of the Resident Evil franchise have for the 25th anniversary. But I thought this was a ton of information, a lot more than I expected to get. I honestly just anticipated getting a gameplay reveal and like maybe like an eight minute one at that. And we got not only a new trailer, but we got gameplay as well. We got the crossover with, you know, Massive. We got a sneak peek at the CG animated film. You know, we got a release date. You know, I wasn't expecting to get a release date either. Plus, you have the multiplayer mode. It was a lot of info. So why why are you mad, bros? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know. It's like whenever you say there's a something coming, a showcase coming for this or that, the conspiracy, not conspiracy theories, the theories run wild. And it was as simple as Capcom sharing, you know, they were teasing coming up to this event and they showed kind of like a revamped inventory management system for one of some of the older games just to kind of make it, I think, fit nicer on the social timeline. And people were like, oh God, they redid it. This must mean there's a new Resident Evil collection coming. Oh my God. Uh. And then like someone takes that and then they run with it. And the Resident Evil 4 remake, like I still have a sneaking suspicion that's actually happening because of all of the... Uh, little, you know, leaks and such that we've seen so far. So I wouldn't be surprised if that ultimately does get announced, but that could be, you know, another year from now. It could be another six months from now. Like, who knows? But yeah, it's just kind of funny to watch the internet run with theories when you actually know what's going to happen. And it's like, okay, well, it's entertainment. It was fun. I mean, I do the same thing when I don't know what's going to happen all the time. You know, me and my bonkers things that I come up with. Oh, I think there's nothing wrong with having some wild fan speculation. I think that that's fine. I think... Where I kind of eye rolled was the clear like fanboys and girls of the world 
getting their panties twisted, as you like to say, Brittany, because the showcase didn't show them exactly what they wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Instead of appreciating it for what it was, being like, eh, it sucked. And I'm like, come on, Ruth. Really? Is that, is that really going to be your response? Because it definitely didn't suck. Yeah, you know. Unless you were a vampire. Well, Ooh, that's true. Ooh, good job, Sam. Somebody got sucked on in that in that trailer for sure. Ooh, delicious. Blood. But yeah, exactly. it was fun. It was fun. Maybe they're it horse was. flies. Oh, God, no. That's Cyber's the worst. Still thinking about it. You talked it. about blood and I was like, I remember a horse fly landing on me once and it fucking bit me. Oh, they're the and worst. It blew away and I was bleeding and I was so confused because I didn't know that there were flies that bit until that day. Oh, they're the worst. They're the absolute yeah. worst and they're mean and they're aggressive. I yeah. think I dislike them as much as I dislike yellow jackets. Like they're on that level. Oh, yeah. They're up there. They're assholes. Sure. It better not be horse flies. That makes it like they 10 are. times worse. <laughs> but it would make sense. I would definitely take <laughs> a f- horse fly over a. Any kind of a wasp or a yellow j- a jacket or hornet, anything. That's true. <laughs> give me all. The, give me a room of horse flies instead of a room full of wasps. Speaking of wasps, did you guys see that wasp picture oh, that's been yes. circulating oh Twitter? Yes, yes. And in my butt clench, I the did murder not like hornet that's that. on par with Lady D. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yes. like her boobies are great. Like the wasp boobies, they're fantastic. But if I have to see that picture one more time, I'm gonna barf. I just it's, it didn't. Uh, not a thing I really care to see. No, one yeah, time it was through my Twitter timeline. What, you don't like those double Bs? Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. They're mm-hmm. definitely bigger than that, but yeah. <laughs> I get you, I get yeah. you. Yeah, that was a joke I made off of the hashtagonist tweet about it being a B cup, and I was like, mm-mm, those are double Bs for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are big, yeah. Big juicy Bs. Anywho, enough about insects and wasps. Let's move on to our next story. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Okay, everyone. So we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and your security online, right? You've heard us talk about VPNs before on the show. But you may not have known up until recently, or ever really, that it can take your TV watching game to the next level. That's right. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So I've been looking forward to using my ExpressVPN to binge certain series that I can't get on my Netflix account here in the United States. Series like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which you can get on Canadian Netflix. And if you didn't know that, pro tip. All you've got to do is fire up your ExpressVPN app, change your location to Canada, refresh Netflix, and that's it. You can watch all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's just that simple. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through, like accessing Japanese Netflix to get your anime fix on. But it's not just Netflix, you guys. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. So that means Hulu, BBC's iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. Now, while there are hundreds of VPNs out there, it's important to remember when you use ExpressVPN, there's never any buffering or lag, so you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on your big screen wherever you are. 
If you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash what's good games, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's a way for you to support the show and us here at What's Good Games, watch what you want from Netflix around the world, and of course, protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash what's good games. One more time, that's expressvpn.com slash what's good games. I see, Brittany, that in the show notes, there is a story about Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah. It's a small one, but it's a good one. It's a short, snappy story. It is a short, snappy story. And Simon, it'd make me so happy if you would read it. Oh, I would love to. Great. Thanks, my Nintendo News, for this lovely feature. (laughs) (laughs) New Pokemon Snap will be 6.8 gigabytes and features online functionality. Uh, So the official eShop listing for the new Pokemon Snap has revealed that the download size again like i already said 6.8 gigabytes so start making sure if you need to you clear out some space on your switch um and if you if you purchase the game obviously via the nintendo switch eShop, which i will be doing uh the new listing for pokemon snap also reveals that the game will thankfully support cloud saves for nintendo switch online members and features online play in some shape or form it's not clear what that online play entails just yet but i guess we'll find out Ah, shit, ladies. All right, let's get into speculation time. What could this online mode mean? Or this online functionality? What what, what do you think this means here? Probably just, like, uploading your photos. Yeah. No, I know. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Like, look, I can share my photo on the internet that I took on my Nintendo Switch. I mean, that would be nice. It would be a great piece of functionality for them to add across all Nintendo online paid subscribers to be able to put your screenshots in the cloud. Like, that would be nice. That would be nice. (laughs) That would be nice. (laughs) So you don't have to literally take your screenshots, put them on your micro SD card, take your micro SD card, put it in a card reader, put it in your computer, and then tweet them. That seems like such a natural, easy process, though, Andrea. (laughs) It's so easy. Nintendo's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, so obviously, like, this game is listed as single player, so as much as I think it would be cool if you could do, like, photo runs with your friends, I don't think it's happening. Sorry. No. Yeah. I'm just as sad. But what I think could be cool is that Nintendo has, like, weekly challenges, right? Like, take a photo of a Butterfree crapping on a Pikachu, and then you upload your photo, oh, right? And then you rude. can vote. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were excited about my idea. It's just you don't like Pikachu being crapped on by a Butterfree, but I don't blame you. It was really weird. I just that pulled it on my ass. surprise Pikachu face. <laughs> yeah. Get Pikachu's best surprise face. And uh, maybe they'll, we, yeah, like issue challenges or whatnot. And then you take the best picture, you upload it. People can like it and vote on it. I think that's probably, that would be something that's fun. I don't know if they're actually yeah. going to go through the trouble of implementing it. And then maybe leaderboards of who has the best photos of, you know, like all of it. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun though. They're going to do it, but I'm just trying to keep my expectations in check because, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly just excited to run around and take really bad photos. Did you ever take your photos to Blockbuster? Was it Blockbuster? Or was it like a Walgreens where you could actually print your photos on little stickers back in the day? Probably Walgreens. I don't think Blockbuster had that I don't know if Blockbuster did. No, it was a little kiosk that they would just stick in yeah, some stores. Yeah, I thought Blockbuster did have that. They I, might I have. distinctly remember That's that being weird. a thing. I don't think I ever saw that in, in our local Blockbuster. Our Blockbuster didn't, but somebody else I know talked about going to theirs and doing it. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, what a time to be but alive. I, I do want to make a disclaimer because I know somebody out there is definitely ready to like make a hot internet comment. I know that you can tweet your screenshots directly from your Switch. I know that that's a thing. I just 
want more functionality with my screenshots. And so I don't like using the in-app interface on the Switch. I prefer to have more. It's like the same reason I don't tweet photos from like PlayStation Network share button. I send them to myself in a message and then I pull the message up on my phone and then I download the photo and then use Twitter's iOS app. (laughs) Same. (sighs) But yeah. I just wanted to say that because I know somebody out there would be like, well, Andrea. Well, you've Um, quelled the flames. You've quelled the flames. Thanks. Yes, you've done it. Um, Well, I'm sure we'll find out more about that in the not too distant future. We know more from Pokemon is happening as they're celebrating their big anniversary. So I wanted to move on to our next story because I wanted to mention this because I'm glad that they responded to it so quickly. Mm -hmm. But some of you out there may have seen that Dead by Daylight's developer, which is named Behavior has been in a little bit of a pickle this week. So Polygon had a nice write-up of the controversy that's been happening. So the Dead by Daylight devs have announced that they are indeed working on a colorblind mode amid their controversy. So developer Behavior Interactive has announced the new feature following outcry from the gaming community. The colorblind mode will come to Dead by Daylight with settings for various kinds of colorblindness, including Deuteronope? I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry. Which is the inability to perceive green light. I have no idea Uh, either. Protonope. (laughs) Which is the inability to perceive red light. And Tritonope, which is the inability to perceive blue light. So there's no release date on when these features will arrive. But they said it will arrive shortly, is what they said in a tweet. So take that with a a giant grain of salt. Shortly could mean just about anything. Um, You may have also seen that after a recent game update to you... UI elements was kind of when the the fur the fervor fervor that's the word mm. um, kind of was coming to a head because fans had noticed that these new UI elements were very difficult to make out specifically for colorblind players. So in case you guys don't know what Dead by Daylight is or you haven't seen me stream it or seen anybody else play it, it's a competitive game where four survivors are trying to escape from one powerful killer. So yet another one of these like asymmetrical multiplayer games. Survivors leave red scratch marks in the environment to show their activity for the uh, killer that is hunting them. And the killer's cone of vision is also represented by a red light. So obviously this is very concerning for colorblind players now the complaint though isn't new fans have been petitioning behavior for these changes for some time now with one player going as far as to post a weekly shit post about the lack of colorblind (laughs) settings and has kept it up for 70 weeks wow 70 seven zero that's over a year story i was like how is this only now coming up but so i'm glad okay it clearly is not yes just been boiling i mean dead by daylight has been around for a very long time the idea that this game still doesn't have accessibility functions is quite frankly outrageous and so obviously that's why everyone kind of you know came to a head this rallied together yeah so thankfully um steve spawn friend of the show and coo of able gamers highlighted some other community members messages this week and tweeted about it he of course has been a longtime advocate for gamers with disabilities and just two hours after he tweeted behavior interactive responded with a series of tweets which read in part this is not indicative of the views of the team and we deeply apologize for any frustration or harm this may have caused we've been working on a colorblind mode for some time now we are planning on a release shortly so it's important to know that one of the things that really tipped off 
Steven uh, tweeting about it and some other people like front of the show Zombie Kills tweeting about it was was twofold. One, there was an offensive emote that was released that was very insensitive that was called attention to behavior and they have removed it from the game, which is great. And then there was also a developer who was caught on stream talking to people in chat, a developer from behavior that works on Dead by Daylight, talking about the reaction to people pestering him about colorblind mode saying quote it's getting really boring just blabbing about colorblind mode all the time we've heard it a million times we know continuing to badger us about it isn't going to change anything end Ooh. quote this is yeah. why you PR train people. This is exactly why you PR train people. I think <laughs> what it was was it looked like I watched the stream footage. It looked like he was on a personal stream and that people were just because he they know that he's a dev on the team. Um, were asking him about it and he just seemed super glib and flippant about it. Mm. Like he seemed like he did not give a fuck about this issue. He was like, you guys just keep complaining about it. We'll get to it eventually. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, that's not the message. <laughs> yeah, we want. Like, so bad. Yeah. Wow. Like, like literally all you have to do, sir, is say either I'm not on that team. Please don't talk to me about that. That this is also a personal stream of mine. I can't help you here. Like there's things you can say that aren't like basically go fuck yourself, which is what yeah. it kind of sounds like he was saying. Yeah. And if this was an official developer stream, what you say is, you know, I don't have any news about that at this time. You're welcome to they submit definitely, a if request, it was an official stream, you know? they would have given him, I would hope. Talking points. Talking points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this overall, it would it not just, be that. It was bad. It's yeah. so important it was a bad look. to have these advocates out there who are, because I think, you know, people, I'm assuming this developer probably hasn't thought like, okay, I should probably exercise some empathy. And what would it be like if I didn't, if I couldn't play this game the way I'm accustomed to playing it because I had some sort of disability, you know? And that's why I think it's so important that we have people out there like Steve Spawn and um, able gamers out there to raise awareness to this. Because I think if you know you're ignorant about it, you don't give a fuck. And you need to yeah. be kind of like yeah. told like, if hey. If you're privileged, you don't yeah. necessarily see like why there's an issue. Exactly. 100% true. And I think that's definitely what happened here. And I saw a bunch of people grabbing their pitchforks to go after the studio. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't let this one guy who was clearly being a jerk make be the representative for the whole studio. Because, you know, we don't know if this was an official, official stream. He definitely didn't seem like an official spokesperson to me. He seemed like a dev who works on the game that was being rude, who was being mm -hmm. insensitive. And I don't think that that's indicative of the team at large. And in fact, they made a they made a statement saying this does not reflect our views. This is not who we are. We have been working on this colorblind mode for quite some time. It's just not ready yet. And then they showed a bunch of screenshots of the different types of colorblind modes that they've been working on. So clearly it is in progress. But they said we don't have a release date yet because we want to make sure to get it right and I think that's important that they did that, but obviously they should have done that a long time ago. Right, like if they already have a community and forums or whatever, like just talk about it. People are, if someone's put up a thread for 70 weeks, yeah, clearly it's better to, even if it's not ready, be like, yes, we are working on this. Here's what we've got so far. It will take some time. But like just so people know mm -hmm. that it's happening mm -hmm. um, and that you aren't straight up ignoring them, especially compounded by, I mean, I'm really curious as to like what this guy even does on the team because people say developer, but like that has 
a white generic yeah Yeah, it's like you could be anything um so i don't know if he's like an actual engineer or if he like he could he could be on a publishing team like technically people could say that i'm a developer for a thing i'm not a developer like i don't right i don't do that so like it's that's that's where i'm like "Mm, it gets a little loosey-goosey when you start saying things like that and that might be why he was just like meh yeah don't talk to me about it like this is not even my thing and but instead i'm gonna say the complete wrong thing and absolutely and i think the really hard truth that a lot of people don't stop to realize is really behind the scenes in the video game development world is that a lot of these accessibility options are expensive to implement for smaller teams and if they don't build them into the game from the beginning adding them in afterwards can be a very arduous process depending on how they built their code and that sometimes takes a very long time and while some developers are more eager to make their games accessible than others they still have to put that work in and some developers just decide it's not worth it financially for them to spend the amount of resources it would take to add those accessibility options for such a small amount of players. And that is a really shitty answer, but that's just the hard truth of where video game development is. I think what's really great about the work that you know, organizations like Able Gamers are doing is that they're working with developers from the get-go saying, hey, let us show you the tools that you can use to add these in at the beginning to save yourself the headache and the expense of trying to make your game accessible in reverse. Yeah, and instead you harder. can build them in from the beginning. And that's why when we talked about the accessibility options, um, d- when we discussed the nominees for the accessibility award during the game awards, it's like I had said to me, it's unacceptable that every AAA publisher isn't adding these in, but it's tougher conversation when you're looking at smaller indie devs who have a very small team who probably don't have the budget and who maybe want to add these options in, but they just don't have the bandwidth to do so. But thankfully, because these conversations are happening now, hopefully more and more developers are saying from the get-go when they're making their game and concepting and pre-production, saying, how do we make it accessible from the start? And you know, the, the only way to keep, you know, making sure that they do that is to keep talking about it. So props to everybody who was part of the community who, you know, raised, raised the flag. Yep. Yeah. I had a feeling it was a matter of time before they issued a statement that shit don't fly these days, rightfully so. Right. Yeah. No. And that, that dev was out of line 100%. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm glad that they jumped on the emote thing as well. That also was like, what was the emote? I mean, and I don't even think it's worth discussing. Discussing it was just it was a it was an offensive emote depicting people in an insensitive way, and mm-hmm. it it just is like one of those things that's like, hey, we've been talking about these things forever now, but it's a it, it just harkens back to diversity on teams, right? Yeah. Like you need people of all different walks of life. You need people with disabilities on your team. You need women and non-binary people on your team you need BIPOC on your team because in order to get those perspectives and make sure that you're making your game as accessible as possible you need those people to say hey this ain't cool bro because for the most part people are good right like on these dev teams they're not intentionally trying to be assholes obviously there's a few exceptions here and there but like overall they're not trying to be rude or mean or insensitive they just are doing it because as Steimer said, they live a life of privilege where they don't have to, you know, experience those kinds of hurtful things. So the more you know, just expand da, your da, horizons, da. friends. 
Anywho, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox now. That was a good box. Thanks. Yeah, that was a good box. <sighs> we have a couple in case you missed it. Um, Peter Moore. Remember him, everybody? Ah. Former Xbox and EA executive producer Peter Moore has revealed that he has rejoined the games industry, taking a position at Unity. Moore noted on Twitter that he will join game engine development company Unity as its senior vice president and general manager of sports and live entertainment. So you guys may have remembered that Peter was very visible at EA in their EA sports division, and he left to go live his dream working in the Premier League, and now he is uh, now he's back. Yeah. Wow. He's a great he's a great one. He was always so much fun to interview. I'm glad he's back. He's back. Couldn't can't escape the video game life, man. You can't get no, away from it's it. True. It's true. It's coming back. Once a gamer, always a gamer, Peter. And then Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is coming to Nintendo Switch in just two months, March 16th, 2021. There nice. you go. I have I have another I have a thing to add. Like, yes, that's this is a purely selfish in case that's you missed fine. it. I don't care. This is partly my show. I'm going to talk about what it I want to talk about. And partly what I want to talk about is Hero U. So this is an old older game that I've mentioned before on the show. Oh, it's yeah. Not an older game, but, I mean, it's a couple years old at yeah. this point. Um, but it's coming to Switch. So it's coming uh, February 9th. The pre-still starts on February 2nd. And uh, I'm excited that it's coming to Switch because I mostly stopped playing it because I don't like sitting at my PC and playing games anymore. Um, I used to be really into that. Now, not so much, especially with quarantine working and having to sit there all day, every day anyway. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be there. That <laughs> yeah. was me. If I don't the, have to be. They made Quest for Glory, right? Yes. The These are the developers. Okay. These are the, like, uh, Lori and Corey Cole are basically the two... <clears throat> I want to say brain children, but that's the incorrect way. They are the masterminds. Masterminds. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that developed the Quest for Glory series, which is, again, my favorite series of all time. Um, and so this one basically is it's a new story. So it's not the same hero story that you follow in Quest for Glory, but it's a brand new protagonist in a brand new era. Um, but similar style gameplay. So like. This is going to sound really dumb and lame, but uh, part of like what you do in those <laughs> games is you're like, oh, I've got to like, you got to go work out so you can build up these skills. You got to like go climb on the tightrope so you can get a better balance so that when you need to do things later on in the game, you can just do them and not have to worry too much about it. But that's awesome. I yeah. remember you playing this because it was kickstarted and then it took forever, yes. but it finally released. Okay, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yep. And now it's coming to Switch and I'm going to buy it. It's Sounds like the perfect Switch game. Yeah, and it says it also works like you can use the touchpad or you can use the um, Joy-Cons to, kind right. of, to navigate through the world. So I'm excited. Hero you, not a Wii U noise. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our news for this week. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Stick with us. We'll see you in a minute. And now it's time for announcements. If you are listening to the show on Friday, January 22nd, good news. You're in time for our Patreon exclusive streams on Saturday, January 23rd at 12 p.m. Pacific. This is going to be our first month doing our new format. So the Happy Hour Q&A is open to all patrons of all levels and is not going to be any different. We take your questions and we chit-chat and it's a good time. And then immediately following that, we will have a live recording of the Patreon exclusive podcast first episode. And if you miss the live stream don't worry we will be uploading the audio podcast onto patreon and you can take a listen to it there at your leisure 
Plus, if you guys missed Brittany and I doing live reacts to the Resident Evil Showcase, you can catch that archive on YouTube. Or, of course, you can watch the VOD on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash whatsgoodgames. And speaking of Twitch, I am once again excited to be joining the team at Twitch Gaming's The Weekly. If you guys want to catch me there next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash twitchgaming. That would be fun to see y'all in the chat throwing those maverick emotes up. Mm. Always <laughs> like it when you guys do that. And uh, that's it. That's up for announcements. Britt, Steimer, got anything? Negative. No. Nothing. All right. On with the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. This is where we talk about what we've been playing. And this week, both Brittany and I downloaded the Maiden Resident Evil Village demo on PlayStation 5. So you heard us talk a whole bunch about Resident Evil in the news segment. And now we want to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. And we, of course, are going to try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. So Brittany... You, as the Resident Evil expert, what were your first impressions? How fucking spooky <laughs> that demo is. <laughs> so yeah, the demo's only like, I don't know, Andrew, how long did it take you to finish it? Because I looked at every nook and cranny for far too long, as I do. Yeah, so I, I spent a little bit longer than most people probably did because I missed a clue for <laughs> one of the like mini puzzles because I, I found the thing that I needed to find, but I didn't e examine it because I'm not like a hardcore Resident Evil player. I forgot that you have to like pick the thing up out of your inventory and then <laughs> examine the things. Um, and so I, um, I literally got all the way to like the, this point where like one of the doors was locked and I was like, oh, okay, I clearly I'm supposed to go through here, I think. Um, and I was like, I've missed something. Right. Mm. And so I went all the way back to the very beginning of the level, even though I did not want to, cause the very beginning of the level is a scary freaking place because <laughs> <laughs> you start in this dungeon and then you have to work your way out of it to get inside the castle. Um, and it's. Yeah, it's spooky. I mean, it's classic Resident Evil atmosphere building. And the I played it intentionally with my headphones on, my Logitech G7 Good girl. Um, Not the ones I'm touching. But yeah, I was my, like, these are not. These are Sony headphones. <laughs> these are Sony audio headphones for the podcast. Um, but I played it with headphones on knowing that I wanted to experience the full audio. So, and it was, it was definitely worth it. So I think like maybe 20 minutes, like is what you could do this in. It's, it's really short. If you know, if you don't miss it. Yeah. If you, if you're moving at a clip, it yeah. took me probably closer to 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just depending on like what you're doing. It was hard for me to say. Cause you know, I, I stop and look at it. Resident Evil two, as you said on the stream, toilet paper. I got off on yeah, the toilet paper. I was paper. literally about to say toilet paper. I was like, I remember, I remember the toilet paper yeah. scenario where you were like, Oh my God, toilet how did paper. people poop in the apocalypse? And you're just like, <laughs> What? Why is this so interesting? And you're like, the world building. They have toilet paper. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? So I'm, I'm a simple human. I just cherish the little things in life. My new fetish, ladies, are the door handles. I have a new thing for door handles in this game. Okay. Because if is you this a look. Fetish now? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't classify it a fetish yet. But I found myself staring at the door handles and be like, wow, the amount of detail those fuckers put into this. Look at these door handles. Because I think... Are they the, different? They're just like very, like, gothic-y. Ornate. I don't, yeah, yeah, they're just very, like, sexy. They're sexy door handles. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you saw the interior of yeah, the yeah, yeah. castle I just in meant, the like, trailer shots. Have you seen one of the, like, look at one doorknob, be like, wow, that's really ornate, and, like, move on with your life? Or are the, or, like, are the doorknob designs different? I There's different it, doorknob designs yeah. depending on what type of room you're in. Got it. Ah, oh, it's so pretty. But, yeah, like Andrew was saying, when it first starts, like, within five minutes, I wanted to piddle myself. Because, again, like, the atmospheric building, the, the sound design, everything, it's so fucking creepy, and it sounds so good. When you're wearing headphones. I mean, I'm sure it sounds great when you're not wearing headphones, but especially when you're wearing headphones if you really want to crap yourself. But, I mean, it was just so beautiful. You it's, know, it's not a thing I really so, aspire to do. And it was, if you really want to crap yourself. Really wanna, if you really want to get that adrenaline going, because you know what? There's not enough going on in the world today. Uh, put, heads, put headphones on. But, no, I mean, I think it, again, classic Resident Evil in the sense that it's just quiet. You hear there's stuff creaking and groaning around you, and there's stuff falling. The, there's dismembered people. There's so much. Ugh. But the thing that really stood out is, I think, how dark this game really is going to be. I mean, Resident Evil 7 was fucked up in some senses. Like, if you look at some of the things that happen in the story, it's like, oh, that's dark and twisted. But as you're walking around, you know, you're seeing these barrels, which I think it could be wine, but it probably isn't. It's probably blood, let's be real. And they're Is this the place where the vampires live? Because if so, it's definitely blood. It's definitely blood. There's, yes, yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. And there is a... A wine, as Brittany mentioned, um, this vintage Maiden's... Maiden's Blood. It is called Maiden's Blood. Mm -hmm. And the demo is called Maiden. Yeah. Because then that's the whole point, is that you're this woman who's trying to escape the castle. And I won't spoil it, but again, I talked a little bit about it at the top. As you walk around and you can discover, you can kind of piece together what you're doing here. But like you see these barrels that are literally just like seeping blood out and they're almost like bursting and then you see you hear people moaning and groaning you see hands sticking out of barrels where clearly and it's like it's just fucked up there's torture devices every Dude, the torture devices <laughs> in the basement like oh i took man. a screenshot of one it's a mask like a metal mask that goes over your face and it has screw holes over the eyes <gasps> where they can no, like screw no bolts no into your, i know I was like, this is fucked up. Who thinks of this it shit? It is. It's so messed up. And so I wonder if it's real. Probably. Like, I wonder if it's a, a oh, historical I'm sure. thing. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure this is inspired by like, real stuff. The devs were just like, the most fucked up torture devices. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I totally think it's real. Because it's definitely that gothic medieval kind of vibe you're getting from this, um, this village and this castle. And I think for me, that was like... I mean, I, I get freaked out when I play Resident Evil games. Not so much when I play, like, um, Remake 2 or Resident Evil 3 Remake because it's like, okay, it's zombies. I, but it's kind of the more the fear I got when playing Resident Evil 7. And even a little bit I get when you're playing a game like Outlast where you just have this sinking feeling of this is just so wrong and this is so gross. And then you kind of can't help but think of, like, who came up with this? Like, I'm sure a very brilliant mind. But so, like, how do you even think about it? And so I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the tone of this whole game really does play out. And I think it's going to be much darker than something we've seen before, which is something the devs have said. It's like, we're going for a much darker game. Well, not, not like, much darker, but they're going for something along those lines. Like, darker than, like, what you saw in RE7, right? <sighs> yeah. I think it's interesting also because when you first said this is a you can tell this game is dark i thought you meant literally the game is dark because <laughs> it is i had to it adjust is. my graphical settings on the ps5 a couple of different times because obviously i want the dark areas to feel atmospheric but at the same time 
I also want to see what's going on. Um, and a lot of the a game is the lighting. The lighting oh. in the RE engine just looks amazing on PlayStation 5. And I fully anticipate on PC and Xbox Series X, it's going to look great as well. I do think it's really smart of them to, to come out during the showcase and say, we are bringing this to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One because there's a giant player base that's still on those consoles because the new consoles are still very difficult if not impossible to get um but it looks gorgeous on ps5 oh god there's this moment where you walk into this room and then there's just like living area beneath you and just the way there's a chandelier the way the lights are flickering the gold accents it's just stunning it's so beautiful and i just really want to get in there and explore and do all the puzzles but obviously a lot of this is cut off because this is while it's, it takes place in the Resident Evil Village universe, it's a separate timeline, and there are going to be connections between this story and what happens in Resident Evil Village. Obviously, what that is, we won't know until we actually get to play Village. But, oh my god. It was, uh, I, I swore a few times, Reb actually ran up to me, and he was worried, because I was I was saying, you know, the F-bomb a lot, and I was shrieking oh, yeah. and groaning, and I was like, oh. I fully had a, had a, like, what the fuck is that moment. <laughs> yeah. You did? I didn't overhear you. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, I wasn't being like super loud about it, but it did happen to be a moment that John like walked in the room and he like saw it happen and he was like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was in like the room over doing, I had meetings, so I was on calls while she was playing this demo. Oh, no. Yeah. But it is a free demo. So if you own a PlayStation 5 and you want to check it out, um, please do. It's like he said, is, you know, just a little bit of your time. And they did mention they're bringing a new demo to all platforms later this spring. So there will be an opportunity for everybody to check the game out to try before you buy. Yeah. But, Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. It's exactly. All right. So moving on to the game that everybody has been talking about in my social media feeds. I don't know about you ladies. Hitman 3. So the review scores came out and they were excellent. Lots of fives, lots of 10 out of 10s. No surprise that IO Interactive has done a great job with this. I was really impressed by what I saw in the preview event, which we talked about just a couple of weeks ago. And now I've had hands-on with the final code as a view. And so thank you to IO Interactive for providing us with codes for Hitman 3. And um, Brittany, you've probably been playing the most of Hitman. Ah. I'm having so much fun. This is the perfect stress relief game that I think I needed right now. Yeah, so I'm super new to Hitman 3, or Hitman in general. The only Hitman I've played was probably like five years ago. And I did one of the missions. It's actually one of the training missions that you do at the beginning of Hitman 3, where you have like the fighter jet and you have the dude. And I actually like ejected him from the fighter jet seat. And it was just a glorious moment. So it was kind of fun to relive that in the training mission. But so anyway, like, yeah, I'm new to all of this for the most part. And so I was worried about, you know, how approachable it would be. Do I have to be super careful, super stealthy? Thankfully, I, on the show last week, Andrea mentioned that you can save scum, which is like my favorite way to do things. So if you do fuck up, you can just boot that save right back up and it's not too much of an inconvenience. But yeah, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun with it and I found it actually really approachable and I didn't struggle. There wasn't, there was a slight learning curve, but it wasn't too terrible. And I love the set pieces. I love the locations. I think the first two or three are my absolute favorite. There were a couple that I was like, it just kind of got a little tedious and it wasn't my favorite, but I really like Dubai. And I know what you talked about. And did you get to do yeah, the, Dartmoor, the Dartmoor mansion as well? I did play a little bit of Dartmoor. Okay. Yeah. So the level design in this game oh. is off the charts. Like it's, it's excellent level design. And I know that there's been some people kind of complaining about 
you know, the narrative not doing things that are like super exciting. But I don't think that that is a deal breaker because the level design is so good. And as you have both seen, like it's a beautiful looking game. Yeah, and don't be worried if you haven't played any of the other games like I haven't, but that's not where this game really shines. It shines, obviously, in the gameplay and just wandering around. And the way I found that I like to play each level is I like to get a, walk around, get totally immersed, take all of the costumes that I can so I can get deeper and deeper into the level design. And then from there, I like to scope out like which way it is I want to kill my target. So one of my favorite ways that I did is I was just kind of wandering around in Dubai and I happened to stumble across a kitchen, which happened to have a chef, which happened to be preparing food for my target. And I happened, muffin? Muffin? I no muffin, but I did happen to have a vial of lethal poison. So I was like, oh, you know, I could kill someone with a muffin or I could poison my guy. So what I did is I like took the chef out. I dressed as the chef. I poisoned all the food. I called my target down there. He started eating. And then he just died on the spot. And it was glorious. And then I just kind of sauntered out like it was nobody's business. I'm like, hey, 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 I did that. But it's just really fun just to get in there and just find out all these fun ways. Another way is I just found myself alone with my target on top of a Dubai tower. I'm like, I could just push you off right now and I would be done. And I did. And I was done. <laughs> it was glorious. I did. <laughs> it was, it was like, great. I'm just going to push you over the edge. Man, no yeah. And I, I just sit there like cackling to myself because it is just so satisfying especially when you pull it off and um i did play on casual difficulty so let me like be very clear as i uh, did not do anything above that because i think when you go above casual difficulty you have to worry about surveillance systems and stuff catching you and yeah and like mm-hmm. i think people are so there's like certain people who are suspicious of you and yeah you have to kind of navigate around them yeah that's where i was running into difficulty during my time with the game is that I kept playing specific parts of missions for far longer than I probably needed to because I wanted to do it perfect. And so every time I would screw up, I would like start over. (laughs) Except this one playthrough, I just killed, I just killed a bunch of civilians. I was just like, (laughs) fuck it. I just was like, I'm the worst hitman in the world. What happens is I make a mistake and I accidentally hurt somebody. Like I punch them or, or like kill them by accident. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Change from hitman to mass (laughs) murder. Yeah, I found each level took me on an average like an hour to 15 hour and a half. But I think that's because I was again, just really scoping it out. There are I don't know what the actual name of it is, but you might not remember. They give you directions, (laughs) like where how you do a mission. It's like called mission objective or mission. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Yeah, yeah, the, it's either the, mission stories. I think they're called. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And so you can come across these by just eavesdropping on people, and they'll be like, "Hey, here's a route you can go if you want to do this, and you can accept it." And then it really holds your hand. But I've learned that if you don't time it just right, if you take too long to accomplish a certain objective in that mission story, it'll fail, and then you're up shit creek without a paddle, and you have to find a different way to kill your target. Yes, that's what I found as well, that the ones that I did go down, they actually ended up taking more time than if I had just tried to just go find my own way to get to the target because they have specific objectives within those stories. Now, I think that that's really fun for replayability for people who, you know, take one path, right? So they have these shortcuts that they have added. So if you want to go back and replay those levels, you can you can try some of those stories out. And I think that's a cool way to allow people to spend more time in those levels and experience different ways to take out your targets. But for me, I was just like, oh, I just want to kill this guy. Move on. (laughs) I just want 
Steimer, how did you feel about your time with Hitman? Uh, I haven't played a lot of it, to be fair. Um, but I think part of why I wasn't really getting into it is just because the game requires more thought than I ha- had room for at the time. <laughs> um, I feel like this would have been a much better game for me to play over my holiday break. Yeah. Uh, because like I wouldn't really be you know, having a lot else on the brain, but like being thrown right back into work and then trying to play this game, I was just like, for me, I felt it was a little overwhelming because um, I'm also new to this franchise and I've always loved the idea of Hitman, right? I've always loved kind of what Brittany was talking about where it's like, ooh, I can like do this. It's, you know, paint your own murder basically. And like, that sounds fun. And I just struggled a little bit with, overwhelming amounts of choice and then i it's like it's a you get paralyzed by it right you're just like i don't what <laughs> i tried to follow one of the mission stories but then i was like not sure where the how to get to the next marker it was, it was like up over here mm-hmm. and i was like i don't how do i where is it <laughs> how do you get there i do not know um and i i kind of wish like maybe the tutorial had run me through a couple different scenarios because it really just takes you through one and is like here's how you can kill this guy on this boat and i was like dope i didn't know about all these things that you're teaching me this is very helpful thank you and then they had they kind of jump you back into it and say now you can try it a bunch of different ways and i was like but yeah i just skipped that nothing more than that like you're not going to give me options of like the other way what are the other ways yeah is there another way i can get onto this boat other than the first one if so could you tell me so that i could have that context for future levels like that would have been really useful um i'm sure that if i just like just dove into it and like didn't worry as much about i I have the worry of like oh no if i mess it up like something bad will happen but it's a video game like it's fine relax but (laughs) you you just have that like "Ah, i have anxiety about like if i mess up in a level and everybody comes after me what do i do and they're like well you just reload like it's not that big of a deal it's not (laughs) but yeah there is that uh that little bit of pressure or whatever that i have mentally on it so it was hard for me to really like dive in and fully enjoy myself right now but um, I do think like maybe once work slows down a little bit, I could get back into it and be like, all right, no. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll text you, Brittany, and be like, tell me some of the fun things you did. Oh, yes. And some of these levels so that I can go explore and have fun with them. Oh, yeah. It absolutely. does make me very excited for what IO Interactive could do with 007. So that Ooh, yeah. news came out over the holiday break. So we never actually got to talk about it on the show. If you guys missed it, the same team who makes Hitman is making a James Bond game. And I think that that to me sounds super exciting, knowing the tools that they have from the Hitman universe, but in a more linear narrative focused game Mm -hmm. that doesn't kind of give you this choose your own adventure vibe that overwhelms somebody like me who struggles with ADD that I'm just like, there's too many things. A lot of choices. (laughs) And you're like, but I, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it does make me excited to see what they're going to do with, with James Bond for sure. Yeah. And I do, like you said, I I mean, I think, I do think the level design is brilliant. I think the game is beautiful. Like there's a lot of really great stuff here. It was just for me, it was a little too mentally taxing Mm -hmm. for like what I wanted in the moment. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't hopped into any of the other levels because we were provided a code. This thing's the deluxe copy where you get some of the other levels that look absolutely gorgeous. Like the Maldives, I think, are one of them or Maldives, whatever the way you say it. But like where it's all like crystal blue water and it's like on a beach. It's like 
that's the kind of level I would love to have played at. <laughs> You're like, that's where I'll go kill someone. That's where I'll <laughs> go kill someone. Yeah. I'll take that contract. <laughs> this please. is where I want my murder to happen. Oh, yes. Man. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was really fun. Like I had a lot of fun with it. I did all but one level and I think I've done enough Hitman right now because it is more or less the same formula. I mean, the levels are obviously very different and how you approach them is different, but I think um I need to like recharge a little bit because it was more or less like the same thing I would do. Like go explore the area, like stalk my target, figure out what's the best way to kill it, get a better uniform, go up, maybe poison someone, shove someone, maybe wait till they're just turned up right shove the minute. Someone. I know, shove someone off a cliff, who could say? Uh, no, but yeah, it, feels it was, like it's, it was you know, good. low impact on you. Just shove them over the edge. Just shove them over <laughs> the edge. I mean, these top, those Dubai towers are very, you just go, very tall. Uh, boop, and you <laughs> just boop them off. It was it so doesn't leave a trail the way my muffin murder does. I just leave crumbs <laughs> the everywhere. The Muffin KO (laughs) is such a great clip. So if you miss this, please go to our Twitter. It's so good. What's good underscore games. Because the clip is just amazing. It's Andrea um, basically knocking somebody out, but with a muffin in her hand. I had the Muffin Man song stuck in my head all weekend after that clip. Like, legit. (laughs) Yes, it was great. I pulled it because I I discovered that the Muffin Man song is public domain. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. I figured, I was like, did someone look this up? Like, (laughs) Because I feel like otherwise. I sure did. (laughs) Public domain. Good which is also hilarious that that song is public domain but yeah, yeah it, it was a it was a fun clip nobody to cared about the muffin man to try and retain those rights i guess not or it's just been around for that long i guess it could be yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right well um we certainly will have more to say on video games that we have played next week so let's go ahead and take our final break of the show when we come back our patreon produce segment talking about our go-to gaming routines stick with us we'll be right back welcome back everybody it's the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. I like this little wave you're doing, Steimer. It's, it's a nice wave. It's a nice oh, wave. The elbow. Oh, yeah. It's with the elbow. It's like the beauty queen wave. Elbow, elbow, wrist, Oh, I look too, <laughs> I look like a fucking stiff robot. Oh, yes. I, the elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do kind of look a little stiff there, Brit. Yeah, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, are you okay, Brittany? What is, do you, you know do how to actually move your doing elbow? the robot dance? Is that what's happening? No, I don't know. My bones must be very stiff. I don't know what's what? wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> shit i don't know i can't that is definitely a robot move with the yeah i can't be out how do you do it oh it's fucked up i have to get my whole body into it it's more in the shoulder it's more in the shoulder in your shoulder just think about your elbow drawing a line or or that yeah that's a good way to do it too your elbow is the pen Brittany, and your microsoft paint (laughs) oh you think this is bad you see me try to twerk oh dear (laughs) there is a song about white girls twerking and it's making the rounds on tiktok it's hilarious um, Amazing. Okay. Let's talk about our go-to gaming routine. So this is our Patreon produced segment. As we mentioned, if you are part of our fantastic community at patreon.com slash what's good games, you get to vote on what our special segment is every month. And this month it is from Chris Lionbeard. Brittany, what is Chris Lionbeard want us to talk about? Do you have a go-to routine when gaming? Like any particular setup, snacks, drinks, or ambiance that you enjoy? Chris is a very active member of our Patreon community. So, Chris, I gave you that weird voice because I feel like Lionbeard is such an epic last name. It It is. It really is. Regal to it. Not that my voice was regal, but I tried. It was Brittany Regal, though. Thank you. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think. Yes, I liked it. <laughs> uh, well, Chris, we will get to your question in just a second. But in addition to this being our monthly time to discuss the topics that you guys vote on, it is also our monthly shout out for our elite patrons and above, where we feebly attempt to pronounce your names and express our gratitude for supporting our voices here at What's Good Games. So let's go ahead and kick things off. Brittany will go first, then Steimer, and then me, and then we'll just... Keep on a going until we read all of the names. All right. Hell yeah. Starting with Bernicia Cunningham. Christina Azevedo. Nick24. Kate Ryder. Stephen M. Schneider. Omega Buster. Jason Luck. Anna Harris. Dustin Toby. DK2112. Amanda Iritia. The Male Escort. Ooh, the Supreme Commander of the Cyber Chihuahua Ninja Army. Sean Smith. Nathaniel97. Danny Hurl. Bang Zoo Pow. Alexander David. Flying Cosmo. Eric C. Irma Gerd Orenda. Christine Gammons. Carla Callahan. Nathan Watkins. Ah, mm, Cherie's Godson. Rob Cober. Michaela Sage. Alex Kola. Al Tribesman. Sorry. Tracy H. Tony Shea. Tara Bruno. Spelt Wrong Brit, a.k.a. Brittany Heath. Trent Berry. Sean I. Justin Foss. Brian R. Johnson. Justin Foshi. Jasmine Suds. Patrick Landry. Punctified. Rob Leonard. Jose Perez. Melanthius Owens. Jake Sue. Brian Harper. Patrick Iggins. Kenneth Stimmel. Zach Hershey Kiss. Grace Wenzel. Trent Pennington. Emily Kent. Roland Bala. I'm Donovan. E. Benjamin Checkness. Ferris Atia. Gary Oxborough. Jessica Bloop. Patrick Weller. Matthew Goldere. <laughs> I can't do it, Brittany. <laughs> do, you, do you need the Heimlich? Are you okay? Noel Navarez. <laughs> Tyler McCall. Joe Wilson. Devin Nitz. Adrian. Iraq Williams. Shai Jackson Perguess. Mohammed Mohammed. Chris Wilson. Renat Burns. Giselle Bassa. Andrew Susan. Gary Peck. Dale Sun. Nambui. Robert F. Freimering. Michael S. Marcus Ian Brown. Pete Shoemaker. RJ Bryan. Carl Peterson. Joe Kennison. Bill Stilwell. Joe Tramonte. Pierre Blue Octopus. Blah, 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 blah. Regan Nipson. Teresa Innert. Jason Demers. Hi, Jason. Alex Rikopoulos. Andrew Cotton. Kia B. David Akalucci. Joe Schleif. Christian Rodriguez. Elmo Shell. Elizabeth Brooke. Gio Corsi. Malibetna. Jared Howard. Ozzy Mejia. Nicole Humphrey. Stephanie Fitzwilliam. Ah, John Drake. And Trevor Stanky. Thank you so much to all of our elite patrons and above, and to all of our patrons at patreon.com for, at what, <clears throat> slash Wesco Games. Nailed it. <sighs> it's been a day, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed it has. So let's get to Lion Beard's question, shall we? Gaming routine. So all of us have been playing video games since we were wee lasses, and I'm sure we've had routines come and go over the years. Now, we, I had asked Cyber this question before we sat down to record the podcast tonight, and I was like, do you have a gaming routine? Because I don't really have a specific routine now, except for I always sit in the same spot on the couch. But you said you used to have a couch. Yeah. Wait, what? So that's because you got a comfy-ass couch. It's true. 
we it was one of the few pieces in this house that we were like we're gonna invest a lot of money in this one piece of furniture we were talking about dream houses earlier the one part of the living room for my dream house is it needs to have a chaise lounge couch be able to fit in it i've always <laughs> wanted a chaise lounge couch like yes i want it so i can snuggle into it like you do with yours um but yeah i so i used to have more of like an actual habit uh <laughs> when uh, specifically when i was about to play a bioware game or a really long rpg Ooh. so i would be like okay i'm about to bunker down for the weekend this was also very unhealthy please do not do this um <laughs> i would basically go to the gas station get two bags of smart food white cheddar popcorn and a few <laughs> raspberry snapple iced teas and that was what i would eat for like 48 hours oh like, girl. i would just go just to my cheddar white cheddar popcorn and yes raspberry Ooh. snapple yes it's not this is why i said it's not healthy please don't do this but like this is what i used to when i was like young and in my 20s and like i don't you can handle it whatever i can yeah. live it's great uh and <laughs> i don't want to leave the house for food even though you can get food delivered to you that is you could have back then though not the same I mean, way you could get not that's not as easy like pizza yeah or you something. could call delivery like, yeah existed. pizza like like i think like you know asian restaurants did delivery yeah. But it wasn't like every restaurant does delivery. No, no, no. Yeah, like it's today. not like it is now. But um, it was still... So I basically would just go bunker down. Like, I just wouldn't leave my room also. <laughs> for like, I'd be like, I am sitting here and I am playing this game. And it is literally the entire weekend. And I'm going to sleep. Because uh, at the time I had my bedroom and my gaming setup were all the same. So I could go to sleep, put my controller down on the floor wake up grab my controller <laughs> and then just start playing the next morning without like showering wow. brushing my teeth whatever like it's total trash mode that was my <laughs> that was the most trash i've ever been i think it's just those weekends. fucking amazing did you get up to brush your teeth or no um i don't remember honestly it was too long i feel like yes because at some point you'd have to pee or whatever yeah, so i'd be like bathroom, all right well i'm yeah. gonna brush my teeth because i really don't like the feeling of a gross mouth like that well and the white yeah. cheddar popcorn yeah it wouldn't be great Yellow so um, up in i there. definitely yeah, yeah. feel like i still brushed my teeth but you know i for the most part i was in the bed i was basically like you know charlie and the chocolate factory the grandparents i was <laughs> basically <laughs> them. i would just that lived in the bed i was like i'm playing video games in my bed i'm going to go to sleep in my bed at you know 14 hours later and i'm gonna sleep for six hours and then i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna do it all again and like that was what i did for the weekend oh, like, oh god man. that bag sounds of popcorn. freaking amazing doesn't it though you know, that's what i'm thinking <laughs> the only the only the only thing i would say is i mean i still love to this day smart food white cheddar popcorn it's fucking delicious but i don't know why i ever chose that as my snack mainly because the like the cheddar gets all over your hands so it's really oh, not a, a console friendly <laughs> snack it wouldn't be like like the pretzels that you have or whatever like where mm -hmm. you just you don't have to worry about that getting everywhere um so i don't know why i picked that other than the fact that it's tasty i mean that seems like a good enough reason to that me. Yeah. It, the, that yeah. flavor mixes really well with the raspberry well, iced tea and it's low calorie that particular type of popcorn mm. right i mean a bags. bag's like 800 calories so i don't know if that well like, i don't think you're supposed to eat the whole bag in a that was sitting. all i ate well that's fair then. all weekend was two <laughs> bags of that, which is not enough calories no. for that many but days. it's a decent amount of fiber that's true popcorn has <laughs> a lot of fiber everybody did you know that now you know oh my god <laughs> that Anyways, sounds really my, great those are my super trash gaming routines was like bunker down eat some, eat some popcorn <laughs> drink some iced tea that sounds and so don't great. see the world for a couple of days yeah 
Oh. I feel like you should relive this Now moment. I'm old and I have a job and responsibilities. So it's a lot harder to do that. But even when I, I kind of like got to do it a little bit over holiday break. Um, but, you know, I got up out of my bed and I went to my living room and I sat on my couch. Uh, progress. Of, yeah, progress. <laughs> like there, there's no more TV in my bedroom. So that was an upgrade. Um, and and I definitely didn't have smart food. I had a popcorn. I ate real meals. That's good. You know yeah time and i actually i think i got up and like exercised most mornings too so like i moved a little bit and then was like now i can sit and be a vegetable nice and that was great get the obligatory exercise in that's important you gotta stretch before you do those long gaming sessions anymore otherwise that back's important you don't you don't want blood clots so (laughs) nope (laughs) you gotta get up and move every now and then (laughs) i'm trying to think i have a little bit of a current routine okay so if i were to go downstairs right now and play a game I would make sure, you know, you ladies know when you get a massage and you lay on your back and you have that little thing you put underneath your knees. Yes. Yeah. A little like, I have one of those. The little pillow. The little pillow. So I have a little pillow that I put underneath my knees when I am sitting on my little recliner. I have, so I have to make sure I have that nearby. I have to make sure I have my big white comfy blanket because it's just like cozy. And then on the night, I'm not, it's, not a, it's not a nightstand, it's an end table. Next to me, I have to make sure I have my big growler. So this big motherfucker. But then the problem with that is then I have to pee a lot. But that's another yeah. issue. Um, Hydration have, is key, though. Hydration is mm-hmm. difficult, man. I have yeah. to have my chapstick. And mm-hmm. then I have to usually, like, if I have some caffeine, like a little bottle of caffeine next to me to, like, you know, my five-hour energy drinks to keep me going. Yeah. Um, but then next to me, which is another little recliner, I have to make sure that I get Reb's blanket out and extend the recliner and put the blanket on the recliner because – it always happens without fail. Within 15 minutes of me sitting down, he wants to hop up next to me. And so generally what that requires me to do is like, you know, like kick the recliner down, get the blanket off, take the little leg pillow out. Not a big deal. But, you know, it's just like you want to you want to be convenient. So I have to make sure I have his blanket out and all ready to go. So when he does want to hop up, I can just command him to jump up there. So I don't have to like get up and get his blanket. Um, But other than that... I don't really have like another thing. I like to be, it depends on the kind of game I'm playing too. If I'm playing a super like story driven game, like Tlu 2, for example, and Jason's downstairs trying to play like Smash Brothers or something, I'm like, nah, dog, I can't have that distraction. So I'll go like upstairs to the upstairs TV because he doesn't have a headphone or headset for his Switch. And so I have to make sure like I'm not going to be bothered with the sound of all these grunty Nintendo characters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like other than that, like it's pretty simple. I see my leg pillow. My blanket, my caffeine, my water, my chapstick, and my dog's blanket. I guess that's a routine. That is a routine. That's a routine. That's a routine. You, got, you got your stuff. Yeah. And my routine is not too dissimilar, but my cats have never always like been in the same spot. Sometimes they want to sit with me. Sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, I have my like my spot on the couch that I always sit in. Uh, I, if I'm gonna do have a long gaming session, I always make sure to like charge my headphones in advance to make sure that they're ready to go, you know, get the controllers charged. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a responsible gamer. It's just really more of a convenience because it's so annoying when you're like in the middle of something. Oh, yeah. And your like headset dies or your controller dies and you're just like, oh, gosh, I was in the middle of that boss fight. And it's like the controller dies. Um, And the new Series X controllers for Xbox 
haven't been warning me when it's low battery the controller just dies have you noticed that brett yeah it just dies thankfully all the games have this little thing where it just pauses automatically jason did for christmas get me this bomb thing i don't know if you're in the market for this but it's four rechargeable batteries on this little stand that's like that big and they're for the xbox series x controllers and you just like put it on your little table or whatever and then you just have batteries constantly charging so if it does happen you just pluck one right in so are they like a little double pack or the individuals? They're, I don't know. It's it's just like a, a block. It's like a block okay. battery. Yeah. So specifically for the controller. Specifically yeah. we, for the controller. Yeah. After I did my unboxings mm-hmm. of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, I kind of did a little finger wag at Xbox saying, why am I unwrapping two AA batteries in 2020? for this controller this seems irresponsible as a company you guys should be if anything including rechargeable double a's but like this should be a usb chargeable controller at this point i don't understand and then there of course there was a wave of people being like i like that it's you know i can just swap the batteries and i don't have to wait for it to charge and i was like sure 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 but it's really 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 bad for the environment yeah that we're going through all of these double a's and so when during that process, I had a bunch of people, um, including Will Smith, and if you guys don't know him, not the actor Will Smith, but <laughs> the tech guru Will Smith, um, who's hosted a bunch of stuff and is really great, uh, recommend Eneloop batteries to me. Mm. And so I bought a giant pack of both AA and AAA Eneloops. And so those are also rechargeable um, batteries. So I bought some of those mostly for my TV remote because the TV remote is the one thing that I can't get like a rechargeable pack for. Um and if I use, I've tried the Amazon brand of rechargeable batteries and the TV does not like them. The TV remote is like, they're dead already. I'm like, they're not dead. What do you, t-? like, it just like does not read them or whatever. I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, but I have those kind and those will work in the TV remote just fine. But I accidentally, cause I'm an idiot. I've done this multiple times. <laughs> You're not I, an idiot, Steimer. I say this all the time. I have the batteries to prove it. I buy <gasps> AAA batteries all the time when I need to buy AA batteries. Oh, Steimer, no. <laughs> And so I just have a plethora of fucking triple A's that I don't know what to do with because I have nothing to use you them for. You can bring them here. Okay. I have a variety of, of small electronic devices that take triple A's. I was just like, why do I just have a bag of them? I'm like, oh, why? Oh, no. <laughs> I can take them off your hands. But just I also for- bought the, the rechargeable ones, too. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So I have like a little, uh, little drawer in like our junk drawer. There's like a little section just for the charged batteries but just as a reminder to everybody do not do not do not throw your batteries in the trash keep them in a little baggie take them for recycling almost every best buy will take has a battery recycling a lot of local trash will take battery recycling they have special bags for them just don't put them in your trash it's bad for the world don't do it pro tip from do you ever charge your xbox controller with the USB-C? no never tried that i thought you had to have the rechargeable battery pack inside for that to work oh do you i don't know is that i've not, never tried i've never not the case i don't know i've never tried it myself i've always had these little rechargeable doohickeys well i mean that's yeah i've i've i just assumed that if you wanted to use the USB-C to charge it you had to have the rechargeable pack inside that xbox uh, makes maybe not i'm looking at this it's just play wirelessly or use the included usb-c cable for a wired gaming oh for a wired gaming oh experience. if it's wired if yeah it's wired, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i also have like 25 foot cables i don't well i mean i do have a 25 foot usb-c because we use them in the studio <laughs> but i know that most people do not but hopefully we're moving towards a usb-c unified 
platform. Please, Apple, you're the last holdout. <laughs> I mean, they started. My MacBook is all USB-C That's now. True. So That's true. no more MagSafe for me. So I'm hoping that we're going to get there. We're, we're going to get there soon. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anywho, gaming routines is what we are talking about. It's true. <laughs> Andrea, I'm curious because I was thinking about this is a thing that I like to do. If I'm about to like settle in for a sesh, um, I always like to light a candle. <laughs> Yes, I was like love candles. Yeah, I was like I want like a little, like a little scent ambiance <laughs> so that I can feel nice and cozy and like okay. You're speaking my language. I love candles so much that my husband got me a candle subscription for Christmas. Nice. Um, and the first one arrived today. I also have candles in the studio for when I have long editing sessions. <laughs> Nice. I have a candle out here, um, but I'm with you. If I have a long gaming session, 100. percent I'm actually kind of looking forward to the weather turning here in California. We're expected to get rain next week because some of my best gaming sessions are like when it's like rainy outside. Oh, yeah. Because you're just like, you just feel better. For some, yeah. I don't know. I always am like, mm, yeah, it's nice and rainy outside and like I'm inside and I'm playing whatever video game I feel like. Yeah, it's just like there's something nice and sort of comforting about it. Mm-hmm. You don't feel obligated to go outside and do productive shit. Yeah, exactly. Not that you can do a lot of productive shit outside these days anyway, except for like go for a walk. 100% true. (laughs) Haven't done anything productive outside in a while. Um, I mean, with, with, you know, around other people, I definitely have had like chores like around the house, you know, you know, like keeping the leaves out of the pool and say, yeah, cleaning your pool out because it was really windy the other day, you know, making sure there's not cobwebs on the front door. (laughs) Have a, thing. We, we haven't have worried about, about now. front door in 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, no, I think gaming routines are interesting because I think everybody kind of does things a little differently. But as we get older, and as you mentioned, Steimer, we get more responsibilities. And for parents out there, for people who have children, or if you're you know a caretaker and you have somebody in your life that you're looking after, you know, those responsibilities just start adding up and it's harder to maintain those routines that maybe we fell into when we were kids, teenagers, or like in college and things like that. But hopefully you guys have something, something in your routine. I remember I would just binge all day. I think it was Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance that came out too, I think. Anyway, my mom came in and she's like, it smells so bad in here. I think I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I literally was just hunkered down. I had chips and salsa next to me that had probably been there for like a good day and a half or so. So she came in and finally opened the window. Oh yeah, it was so gross, but God, those were the good days. You could just do that shit. It wasn't gross. Like I didn't have decaying food around me oh, but well. i <laughs> judgment i can sense the judgment i was a but teenager I <laughs> it was viva pinata and i was i went down i still lived with my parents at this time i was interning at edelman and um or maybe i had the job at that point i don't remember because i still lived at home when i had that job uh and i went down to the basement to like play this game and then I, the next thing I know, my mom is just like yelling at me and she's like, have you been down here all day? And I was like, huh? What time is it? What do you mean? And it was like eight hours later. I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, it was a time warp. But <laughs> oh, man. So good. She Those was like, the days. it's dinner time. And I was like, I just, oh, okay. Well, <sighs> I've been relaxing down here and playing Think with my garden. how good we had it. Yeah, just like, stay at home, like play your games, fester, whatever. And then your mom's like, yeah. okay, I made you dinner. Come eat it. And you're like, okay, cool. And then you go eat your food that someone prepared for you. And then you go right back to where you were. 
Yeah, and when I'm you're not, a kid, you're so it. ungrateful about it too. You like, don't no. know any better. You're oblivious. To the and then you become your parents one day, and you're like, "God damn, I had it good." Yep. And then you wave your finger at your ch- children and go, "You're you're gonna wish you could do this for your whole life one day." It's like, it's like yeah. perpetual Dude, again, grass is always greener. My my little cousin, who was I think three or four at the time, and my aunt was like, "Here's the deal." If you take a nap right now, later tonight, you can watch a movie of your choosing and we'll make cookies. And I was like, this is the greatest deal in the history of deals. You get to take a nap and then you get cookies at a movie. And the kid was like, not having it. She was like, she was like, I will not take a nap. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I want to take a nap. And I just looked at her. I was like, you will regret that. I was like, I'm not even lying to you. One day you are going to wish you could take that nap, but you just refused because sleeping. Uh, Somebody brings you cookies. Like it doesn't really get better than that. I know. I was like, this is amazing. I really. And she was like, no, my aunt made fun of me. And she was like, no, this deal is only valid for people the age of four or five. (laughs) I was like, damn it. Ah, Curse you age. (laughs) No, that's a rallying cry. I think a lot of us can get behind. (laughs) Uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for the suggestion for this month's Patreon produced segment. Um, certainly had some fun reminiscing about some of our gamer routines. We'd love to hear your guys's routines. Um, hit us up in the patron chat on our discord. If you're not in there yet, we'd love to have you. It is, a. Uh, uh, a free thing for all members of Patreon, or of course, you know, leave a, a comment on this video uh, when we uh, post it on Friday and tell us what your gaming routine That's is. Tomorrow. Yeah. And you don't have to be a patron to tell us what your routine is. Anybody can. So leave us a comment on YouTube. Tweet to us. What's good underscore games? Let us know. Maybe you too like Snapple Raspberry Iced Tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Who man. Knows? That was the shit. I haven't had one in years. I, w- <laughs> and I feel like we have to go get some. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Let's like Uber eat this stuff. Come on. <laughs> get, get it delivered. It's we 2021. Can. We can, anything is Let's possible. Let's do that for, sat- for Saturday. This feels doable. Okay. Saturday Patreon. For the happy hour Q&A, we'll yeah. get some cheddar, white cheddar popcorn <laughs> and some I may have to already have a bag of white cheddar popcorn at my house. <laughs> Perfect. You're saving me a trip. <laughs> Excellent. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much for hanging out, and we will see you next week. Bye.